I always say that like we are account- accounts on the side, and Marissa's like, no, that's our main job. Like <laughs> <laughs> the one that pays the bills. I, I totally get that. I totally relate. <laughs> today we have Amy Lee today. She is the author of Set on You, and which is her debut novel. Um, so we are super excited to have you here. Marissa's my like sounding board. I'm just chaos and Marissa's the calm, so she'll Love keep it. us on track. We should we should introduce her first. You should tell us a little bit okay. about yourself and then we'll get into the book. Because this is your debut novel and I'm assuming people don't know who you are. Yes. It's true. It's true. Yes, I'm just this Canadian author, isolated way up north. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, yeah, my name is Amy Lee. I'm a Canadian rom-com author of a new series centered around a trio of Chinese-American social media influencers. So set on you is the first one, but um, I am 31. Ugh. It's weird to say. I'm 31 and I work for the government of Canada as my day job. So it's very, you know, policy, desk, paperwork oriented, which I know you guys can relate to. Very different from writing romance. Um, So that's my nine to five. And then I now write romance at night and on the weekends. What did your boss say when you're like, I wrote this romance novel and this is like my side hobby? (laughs) it's being published by the way (laughs) they were they were really supportive actually and it's it's funny because the people that I work with like the subject matter that we deal with is very serious it's it's not at all you know they all have books on their shelves that are all like you know civilization and history and very intellectual non-fiction topics so I don't think any of them are romance readers so it was it was interesting I, I just full out said though you know I'm writing rom coms. Some of them are steamy, so your kids can't read them. And yeah, that, that's just what I do on the side. I enjoyed your acknowledgement at the end where you um, thanked your parents and said, hopefully this is where you're, you've started reading, which I was like, yeah, based on that um, bathtub scene, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, honestly. my Okay, so my parents are older. Um, my dad is late 70s. My mom is like 60s. And they they have both said like they they don't really read physical books anymore because it's the, the font is too small for them and whatever so they both want to listen to the audiobook and i was like <laughs> please don't <laughs> don't don't listen to any of it and i was like honestly like you know you guys because you're you're boomers you're probably not going to understand the millennialism anyways like don't worry about it just trying to you know steer them away they really want to read it. And, and keep in mind, too, like, they, they're very old school parents. We never had the talk, like, nothing. So this is just extra awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, I can't imagine. Sometimes at work, our, like, boss will, like, play our podcast as, like, a joke in, like, the background. And I'm just, like, cringe to myself. Because we'll talk about, like, steamy books on here, too. And we're like, yeah, it's just, it's funny. Like, I feel like only the book community knows about, like, is so open with steam, but yeah. <laughs> everyone else is not. <laughs> oh, yeah. And people, like, outside the romance community, their definition of steam is is totally different than what the, the hardcore romance community's definition is. I also really liked how... I actually, I said this in my Goodreads review, it was like enemies to lovers, but then it was also friends to lovers and it was kind of slow burn. And it was like, you got everything you wanted just in one book because like, like Kayla said, there wasn't, it wasn't like too aggressively steam, but you still got the steam you wanted. 
I put it in there. <laughs> Didn't go too too far, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like as a true enemies lover, I get so mad when everyone's like, it's enemies to lovers, but it's clearly like one-sided enemies. Like I feel like this is a true enemies to lovers, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, the the gym scenes where they're just throwing jabs and bantering, those are my favorite to write. And they were the first ones that came to mind when I was kind of thinking about it. So it was very fun. So you write romance. So is that your favorite genre to read as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like dark thrillers, like total opposite, very dark thrillers. But um, overall, yes, romance is probably the only genre that I really read. I think the, the thrillers are kind of weirdly enough palate cleansers when I've had too much romance or when I'm like in the midst of writing a romance I don't like to be influenced by other romances so I try to read something totally different so yeah romance is definitely the main genre mine as well Mercy's our thriller queen you so you got published by Berkeley which is like the like oh holy grail of romance books like so how as a debut author who is also a part-time businesswoman like how'd you do it Oh, that, that's a tough question. Honestly, I don't really know. Um, because like my job is is pretty intense during the day. Like it's not really one of those jobs where I can stop and kind of write at the same time. Um, and so by the time I get home, you know, like I'm tired. So I really just have evenings. Luckily, I don't have kids. So I think that's the saving grace. I don't have kids yet. And so um, I have the time in the evenings to do that when I'm not, you know, binging my reality shows and stuff Um, and the weekends as well. And I'm lucky in that I have um, vacation days and stuff that I can take if I want to really, you know, go hard with with the manuscript. So, yeah, it, it is a lot of balance, though, and it is a lot of sacrifice in terms of, you know, wanting to have weekend plans with friends and stuff and having to turn that down or even having to to think, you know, OK, I've got three weeks of vacation, but I can't use these days for an actual vacation because I have to use it to write. It, it's a lot of balance. Is there ever like are you always going to stick as this whole part time nighttime author or is there, are you planning to eventually like make it full time author or is it just something you're doing on the side for now? I think it's something on the side for now. I mean, I've a lot of people, a lot of authors always talk about whether they can go full time or not. And I think it's it's really it's a tough financial decision. I mean, I'm lucky in Canada in that I have we have health care. Um, so the health care, health insurance isn't something that I really have to consider. But um, with the way that authors are paid as well, we're paid in, in installments. And so you know, even if you have a, a large advance, which which I don't have, um, you know, that money doesn't go very far if it comes a couple times a year. So it's it's hard to give up a day job <laughs> and, and security as well. And because I'm so new, it's just, you know, haven't really gotten there yet. We talk about that because we both want to be authors as well. And we're always talking about like, giving up the security of our job, trying to make it full time. And then it's like, no, we'll just do it on the side. But like you said, it's just so hard to balance everything. I've started taking PTO on Fridays to write. And it's like, I'm using, I'm going to use all my PTO just to try and write a book. Uh, (laughs) I love that though, because it shows like you've got the drive to do it. Or or do you want to, do you guys want to write separately or do you want to write like co-write or... I want to co-write with her, but I think we'll actually end our friendship if we try to do that. <laughs> I think I would make them all fall in love and she'd just want to kill them all off. 
oh that would be great like a romance murder <laughs> yes I always I always say any romance book could be turned into a murder book you just have to kill off a character here or there totally just <laughs> add some blood some gore <laughs> but so yeah I guess did you always want to be an author because that's kind of guess Marissa always wanted to be an author whereas I feel like I fell in love with writing as I started reading so much um right so it was like a born love but yeah has this been like a goal of yours forever has this always been like a hobby of yours yeah I I've been writing since I was old enough to like hold a crayon and like learn my the alphabet and stuff um I used to take my parents computer paper out of the printer and draw like pictures mimicking children's books that I was reading at the time so my writing has always kind of been in line with what I was reading uh, as a preteen, I would be on my family desktop in the basement, secretly writing angsty teen love stories and love triangles and probably based on my life. <laughs> um, and But even more so, I was definitely an avid reader. So I think the, the writing came from the love of books and the love of reading. Um, by the time I reached like university, college age, my writing and reading kind of flatlined because you know when you go to college it's just textbooks and socializing you don't have a lot of time so I kind of didn't pick books back up until after I graduated from grad school and at the time too I, I'd never really actually read romance before a lot of people have like really cute stories of reading their grandma or their mom's bodice rippers but I never did that I never had that I would read a dystopian YA and flip just for the romance. Um, so when I finally, you know, got got into writing or reading romances, I was picking up, you know, Christina Lauren and those types of books. And I still remember walking like into Indigo Chapters, which is the Barnes and Noble here in Canada. And I remember seeing Laura Jean on the cover of To All the Boys I Loved Before by Jenny Han, which is a YA romance, and thinking oh my God, like that's an Asian girl on the cover. I've never seen that. And until then, it kind of seemed like main character status was really reserved for, you know, white characters exclusively. And it never really even occurred to me that I could write somebody that looked like me in a book. And so at this time, I was reading and reading and reading, and I couldn't ignore kind of that gnawing urge to write something of my own because I was so inspired by all of these books. And so... I was always crafting scenarios in my head, but never really thought that I could do it. And so one day I was just like, oh, I got to do it. So I just opened up the blank Word document and that's how it started. Oh, that's awesome. That like inspires me to just uh, go right after this. I feel like every time I go on these interviews, I'm like, okay, let me just go. Let me go to work. Let me just go. Just in a room so I can write. <laughs> Have you met any of the authors that like inspired you to write? like in person or I guess no. virtually? No, because I am in Canada. So it's it's hard because a lot of authors and, and festivals and stuff like that happen in the States. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately not. I mean, I've had the pleasure of interacting with some like on Instagram and stuff, but I think meeting them face to face would be a totally different. I'd probably faint. <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to speak. <laughs> so maybe it's best that I don't meet them. <laughs> you're like right up there like you you Berkeley like that's like huge like I feel like they have the prettiest romance covers like I feel like oh, when yeah. I think of a Berkeley romance like I know it's going to be a good one so they, I no, feel like, like they've really led there. yeah thank you I, I don't feel that way but um but I feel like Berkeley has really led kind of that charge of the um 
a contemporary rom-com. I mean, I know that they existed before and a bunch of other publishers had published them, but I think the, after um, Jasmine and Helen's books came out, they just became such a force in the industry. And I think that, you know, Berkeley was really kind of at the, at the helm of that. So it's exciting. Kayla has a whole Berkeley romance shelf. <laughs> so. I love that. <laughs> So I'm sure your book will wind up right where it's supposed to be. It'll be home with friends. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> with all uh, the little bees. <laughs> romance are just like, I can go through a romance like a, in like a day. I actually yeah. brought yours. I went on a bachelor trip this weekend and I brought your book with me and I was able to like read like on a trip. I feel like which just like tells you how good book is because usually I get distracted. Like I was like, oh no, I need to read. Like I left like the bars early one night to like go home and read. <laughs> so, just so you that's know. That's so funny. And I feel like that's such a good compliment because that's also like so crystal. Like she would just want to leave somewhere social and just be alone and I really related to her introvertness like I was like oh yeah like uh, (laughs) she's so bubbly too and like I like that because I feel like people always think of introverts as like not bubbly friendly people but like I'm super bubbly and friendly but like I thrive on like being alone on my couch on a Friday night and reading a book totally (laughs) I also love your way of pulling in influencers the sister being a bookstagrammer and she's, uh, well, the whole thing is she's a fitness influencer, but like, I love how you put a bunch of different influencers in there and it was a fun little twist. And so you mentioned that it's going to be a trio of, um, so who's next? So Tara, the sister is next, the book influencer. I'm very excited for her book. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it'll be Mel, who's the fashion beauty influencer. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's a surprise. Because I guess like, usually in the end, they're like, oh, stay tuned for the next book. So this is a fun surprise. Um, this yeah. is a fun surprise. <laughs> I actually was going to ask you if Tara was going to have her own story because I was like, I kind of want to read about a bookstagrammer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there is a book influencer romance. I'm and maybe sure. there is. I, th- I feel like there are like romance writers and a lot of like authors and stuff. But yeah. She, she was so fun to write. And it was um, Don't Tell Crystal and Mel. I think she's my favorite of, of the three. <laughs> Poor Crystal, because this is about her. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, right now, Crystal's my favorite because she's our leading lady, um, which actually brings us, I think, yes. to the book. If you want to kind of like tell us about it a little bit and who your characters are, I think that would be like a good segue. Yeah. So... Set on You, um, the debut first in the series, is about Crystal Chen, who is a curvy, half-Asian fitness influencer. So she's, I guess, a fitstagrammer, if you can call it that, who very reluctantly falls for her Chris Evans lookalike CrossFit-loving gym nemesis after finding out that their widowed grandparents are going to be married. And it's enemies to friends to lovers, um, kind of... So originally I set out for it to be a slow burn. It kind of is, but only after a certain point. So it's like (laughs) not, and then it is again. So yeah, and it comes out May 10th. You like pulled us in, you like gave us a little taste of it, and then you made us wait for like the full dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. A A plus, A plus. So why did you pick, so the setting's Boston. Why did you pick Boston from being from Canada? So I chose Boston because it was a a city kind of similar, I think, ish, 
it wasn't so different. It wasn't like, you know, California, which is a totally different vibe. Um, so I think honestly, that's, that's why there was really no personal connection or any sort of specific love for Boston. It just kind of went with the vibe, I think, of the girls and their, their life. I have this like toxic trait wherever I read a book, I'm like, oh, I need to move there. So it did encourage me, like, maybe I need to move to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could go join a gym there and there'll be a Chris Evans lookalike. <laughs> Firefighter. <laughs> that is the dream. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I always desire a small town whenever I read small town books. And I literally live in New York City, like the opposite of a small town. And I'm always like, oh, I can live in a small town, hands down. But Boston's like, good like like softer alternative to New York City like I'm not against it Um. (laughs) waterfront yeah it's nice um I guess so what is your I guess we're going back to you but what is your writing Uh, well you told us you're writing at night but I guess so do you start with like do you plot it out or do you just like write as you go or do you kind of write the spicy scenes first or build up from there like what's what's your go to I guess what's your plan (laughs) there's so much to that so I will say um so set on you technically is my first published book but I wrote two books before that that were like terrible and I think the reason that they were bad is because I did not plot them at all like I hadn't even really researched to be honest like you know you know how they have um the save the cat beats and story structures and things like that I hadn't researched any of that. So I just I just went for it. I just pantsed it. And I think because of that, I hit a lot of walls and I just there was a lot of just plot points that don't really make sense. So they're not fully, you know, the character arc isn't fulsome because I just went in without any sort of plan. And so when and it was terrible and I know it because I got like 50 rejections on the one <laughs> from from literary agents. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. And then so when I set out to write Set on You, I had more of a plan. I had a structure. It wasn't it wasn't fully plotted out in detail by any means. But in general, I kind of knew what was going to happen. And I plotted out the characters pretty, um, pretty well. I, I knew who Crystal was going to be. I knew who Scott was going to be, except sometimes they the characters when I write them tend to do things that I didn't intend, or they tend to have personalities that I don't intend. So for example, Scott originally, I, I, I wanted him to be the super alpha tough guy. And he just didn't end up being that. He just ended up being pretty soft. <laughs> and it just, it just happened that way. I, I didn't mean it to. And uh, I think yeah, that's kind of my process. I loosely outline. I know I want to know who the characters are going to be because it. I feel like that the connection of your story is really about how the character evolves from page one to the to the end, and that's pretty important to me when I write. Uh, in terms of the steamy scenes, I I actually so steamy scenes are harder than you'd think because there's so much choreography and logistics of like body parts and <laughs> stuff like that. So they're not like, I'm not like in the zone being super romantic as I'm writing it because I'm like, okay, his head was here. Now it's here. How did I get from A to B? And so I actually write all the steamy scenes in one shot usually. Mm. So I'll write them. Like I'll take like two days and say this, these are my steamy days. I'm going because I'm in the mindset of, logistics and choreography 
and <laughs> then I'll layer in after um, kind of like the internal monologue and the emotional aspect of it, not just the physical. So I find my writing process in general is a little scattered. And honestly, it depends on the book. Some books have been different than others. But usually I, I start out writing it just as kind of a zero draft, if you've heard of that term, which is basically like you just write and you don't care about how it sounds. Sometimes it's honestly just bits of dialogue. A lot of times it's like insert description here and then I go back later and do it. And it's mostly just me getting the story out and understanding how it's going to flow. And then I go back and I layer in, you know, better dialogue tags and description and internal thoughts and things like that. Yeah, I could definitely see it being very difficult. Also, kind of have to, like, step out of your own comfort zone. It, like, takes, like, like sexy talk to, like, a whole new level when you're, like, <laughs> describing it, like, literally, like, like, body part move by body part move. So. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an art. <laughs> I've thought about whether I'm going to put steam in my book or not. But this is going back to the beginning. I would be terrified of my parents or people I know reading it. Like, oh, she has those thoughts. How <laughs> like, uh, scary. And that's the thing, too, is that people think, like, when they read steamy scenes that, you know, they know someone who's written it, they automatically assume that it's, like, based on your life or, like, based on your own experiences. And it's, like... No, like, this is fiction. Like, if, if you were to write, like, a, a murder thriller, would they think that, like, that's based on your life? No. I would hope not. <laughs> like, this is fantasy, kind of. Like, I honestly, I kind of think romance is a bit of a subgenre of fantasy. And so it's, yeah, I always feel like I have to tell people, people I know, like, this, this is fiction. <laughs> this isn't my life. <laughs> this isn't based on real things. <laughs> I feel like romance doesn't get enough credit. Like, like I feel like whenever, like, Barnes are picking out, like, book of the month, they never pick a romance. And, like, romance readers are the ones who buy, like, every version of a book. Like, they'll get the special editions. They'll do it all. Like, we are, I feel like we're a big part, like, part of the book community. And I feel like we always get a bad rap for, like, in steamy scenes. And you know what? Like, leave us be. Like, we're not bothering anybody. But I don't think romance writers get enough credit for those scenes. Because I... Yeah, my mom reading those. I don't know if I can look her in the eye for a while. <laughs> oh, totally. And, and, you know, and, and that's the thing with romance is that everybody thinks that it's, you know, it's kind of a joke or that it's embarrassing to like those kinds of things. And it's like, that's that's just life. Like, mm -hmm. this is just how people that that's I don't know. Everybody has sex. <laughs> so it's, I don't know why people are so embarrassed about it and so weird about it. It's huh. it's odd especially with this book, you have so many good points in this book and a message you're trying to convey that like people have to take this book seriously. I know I got to the end. I like, I don't know if you can see, but I put several stickies in here and like marked certain things. And like, there were lines that just stuck out to me. And I'm like, oh, as soon as this releases, I'm sharing all these quotes with everyone because like <laughs> these are so good. Um, I just feel like in today's society, this message was really good. And I loved how you brought the social media aspect in and you used like comments and replies to show kind of like what Crystal had to deal with on the daily and the things she had to try and ignore and block out um, and also work through because like those people like that exist and they really do say those things. And it's awful. Like you can hide behind a screen and just say whatever you want to someone. 
Totally. I, I think the internet, like it's such a great place. And I think, you know, uh, so I started as a bookstagrammer two, three years ago, I guess 2019. And I, I assumed that by being on bookstagram, I was going to get, you know, mean people just because the internet is a cesspool. Like it's, it's so great in some aspects and, uh, you know, people are just so mean in others. I mean, luckily bookstagram is a great place. I've never had any hate. It's such a nice community, but I think for, for influencers that are, you know, in fitness or in beauty or fashion, like that's just totally the norm. And, and celebrities too, like they deal with it all the time. And even though they deal with it like daily, there are still comments that get to them and really hurt them, even though, you know, they have tough skin, but everyone's human. And sometimes people are just so mean. It made me think of, I don't know if you remember, but like years ago, that picture of Jessica Simpson that went around and everyone was like, she looks so fat. She's gained so much weight. And looking back at that picture now, I'm like, she was just a normal sized person at a weird angle and people obliterated her. She was the talk for weeks. And I'm just thinking like how damaging that is to a person. And so it's like, I, I, without spoiling anything, I feel like you kind of address that in your book and you let us see kind of what that can do to a person. And I just, I, like I said, I just think this book has a very good message that people need to read. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And that was hard because I, I wanted, I knew um, that I wanted Crystal's journey to, to be, you know, tackling this social media hate and, and, you know, coming on this journey from, you know, hardcore body positivity to body acceptance. And, but I also wanted it to be a rom-com. So it was a hard, it was a challenge to make sure that it was equal parts, you know, light, kind of like what people would expect from a rom-com, but then also straddling the line of dealing with some heavier subject matter as well. So yeah, it was a challenge. Are you doing book events in Canada or the U.S.? Um, so I'm mostly doing virtual events. So I have one for, um, I think it's the day of my release. I should probably check with <laughs> it's a virtual event with the ripped bodice with Allie Hazelwood, who's one of my friends. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And I think for in terms of like in-person things, I'm not really doing anything. I'm going to a couple Indigo Chapters locations to sign books. But um, yeah, no, no big in-person events here. What is a big bookstore in Canada like? Like I, I pretty much go to Barnes and Noble for most of my books, but like, are Barnes and Noble is big in Canada, or is like Indigo Books bigger? It's it's Indigo Chapters. Yeah, we chapters. we don't have uh, Barnes and Noble. I I don't think at all. And oh wow. Yeah, I've never been in a Barnes and Noble, which is so sad because I feel like I'm missing out on an experience. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever go to one, go to the one in Union Square, New York. It has like four floors. It's oh. it's massively beautiful. They have like a full like romance corner like it's gorgeous me and marissa would just go in there just like to look even though we didn't need to buy more books like that was like our like saturday dates when she was yeah. in the city. <laughs> the bookstore dates the best and then being in bookstores is just so calming and they always have so like i don't know if barnes and noble has the same but in chapters indigo there's always really cute mugs and like blankets and candles so i'm just always and they're expensive but they just the atmosphere makes you feel you need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kayla cannot walk into a bookstore and come out empty handed. I'm convinced yeah. of it. <laughs> I did once. I was on work I went during work once. lunch hour and I had 
I had like a book. I had like a series in mind, and they didn't have it. And I was like, you don't, you don't need this. Like, I walked back, but I walked like t- like fifteen minutes there too. So I was like, a, I was like a trek too. Like I, yeah, that was like it was a one time thing, and I, it's a monumental moment. <laughs> Just once. <laughs> uh, but that, but that was like virtual events are good. I feel like virtual events are still like really big now. Um, do you like? Do you ever hope to go in person book tour or? Are you good with virtual? Well, I guess because you work. You can't just miss work. <laughs> I would have to take like my vacation time for that. <laughs> I mean, I would love to if I could, but I think it's, I, I guess virtual events are starting back up now. But I think because I came into the industry like in COVID, I don't really know what, what the possibilities are in terms of what's normal, what people usually do. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm used to just things being virtual. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you think COVID helped you write the book, I guess, more because you had more free time to do it? Um, I think, yeah, because I, for a little while I was working from home. Usually I'm in the office, but at the beginning of COVID I was at home. And so it definitely gave me a little bit more time. And also I was supposed to go on a vacation um, to Italy, I think April 2020. I had this three-week vacation plan to Italy, and that was when um, COVID obviously hit in Italy. And so I actually took that time. I, I didn't go back to work, and I took the time that I was supposed to be on vacation to write. And I actually, it's interesting. I feel like if that hadn't happened, I would have just gone to Italy and never would have wrote. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. So how long ago did you write Suddenly? I guess how how long was the publishing process? So I had so the two books that I wrote um, that were terrible that never went anywhere. Those I wrote like in 2015, 2016, 2017 ish. I had queried uh, this the second one that I thought was good, but wasn't in I want to say 2018. And yeah, that one 50 plus rejections bad. It's really sad. And as, um, yeah, as I was, you know, toiling over that, I wrote Set on You, and that was, I think, late 2019. I ended up getting my agent for that in 2020, May 2020. So it was a pretty quick process, actually. And then, did I, did we talk about this before? I can't recall. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm repeating myself. So. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. And um, I told this, I've told this story a couple times, so I'm like, is it the same? Did I already say that? <laughs> anyway, sorry. And so I finished writing it in May 2020, queried it to, to literary agents, and then we sold it to Berkeley in August of 2020. Okay. So I've, yeah, I've been dabbling for a couple years and it recently, recently happened. But that's the thing. It's, it's sold in 2020. Now it's 2022. So honestly, I don't even really remember what happens in Set on You. <laughs> It's been so long. I, I gotta read it. <laughs> That's actually really funny. People ask you questions, you're like, um, let, let me check really fast. <laughs> yeah, I got a reference. No, I, I mean, I remember generally, but I think some small details, it's, it's lost because I've written the other two. So it's like, oh. it's very strange to be an author promoting a book that you wrote so long ago when you're already on, you know, many books later. It's, it's, interesting <laughs> thanks so, there, so we so how long do we have to wait till the next one so the the pub date right now is set for january 2023 so not oh too my long goodness. Okay. i'm so excited 
the advanced <laughs> copies I'm assuming will come out in the summer sometime. So it's a, it's a short wait, but I will say pub dates change a lot. So it could be pushed, but as of now it's January. Do All your best to-, to not push it to February. Yeah. It's our, <laughs> it's our busy season. That's the only month we can't read it immediately. <laughs> But it will still exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need I need to read it immediately. <laughs> On, honestly, this one, it, that book was so hard to write. I I don't know why I said on you. Um, it was really quick, a quick process, a quick writing process, probably just because I was so excited about it. And I was also really excited about Tara's book as well. But I don't know what it was. I think I, there was just so many things I wanted to do and I ended up changing things so many times. That book, honestly, set on you probably took four or five total months to write. But um, Tara's book took like twice as long because I just rewrote, restarted. It was it was a process, but I think that it's my favorite. That's good. I'm I'm very excited for it <laughs> because I mean this one was so good, but I I want to see the bookstagrammer. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'll be able to relate to her just a little bit. Yes. Yeah, same, because I'm not really, I'm not a gym person, FYI. Like, I was going to ask, are, are you, is there, I actually looked up, like, like, her account. I was like, oh, like, this, like, does this account really exist? And I was like, oh, no, like, A, her name's not Crystal, and B, <laughs> this is not real, but I looked it up I on Instagram. I should have made one, I should have made one for her. I still uh, could. <laughs> but yeah, I was wondering, do you how do you have time to work, write, read, and go to the gym? Because then you're a superwoman. <laughs> so the gym. I I have been on and off at the gym my whole life. Um, I've had periods where I go all the time, and that's actually where I got that nugget of inspiration was, you know, spinning, dying, wanting to like fall off my bike. Um, but that's where I got the inspiration originally for the book and the setting and it being, you know, gym focused. Um, but since the pandemic hit, I haven't been to the gym, like, literally since then. So, like, two 2.5 years, I've not been at the gym. And I, I have a treadmill and a spin bike at home, so sometimes I try to get on that. But that's – it's just totally different when you're in the gym because you've made the effort to go, so you're going to work out. But at home, it's like, ugh, no one's really watching me. I don't have to show off or do anything. I can just very slowly pedal on very low resistance, and it's fine. But I how are you going to meet your soulmate that way? <laughs> right? <laughs> I've got no hope now. This, I'm not going to lie, this book did make me want to get a gym membership. <laughs> I think I knew you would say that. <laughs> it made Kayla want to move to Boston. It made me want to get a gym membership. <laughs> like, I am I going to be a fitness influencer now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I justify my not working out. No, I have to read so much. I got, I got to keep reading content. I can't work out. I can't do both. <laughs> time. It's yeah. working out time consuming. Uh, but no, I like the gym aspect. I thought it was a fun. It was a fun twist, and she, I give props to Crystal because she was there like every day without fail. I was like, oh yeah, girl. She's, she's hardcore. She's squatter. Like she, I think she could probably squat more than most men. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's amazing i very much admire her i also oh, oh go, go ahead you go i was just gonna say i i loved how one of my big problems with like enemies to lovers is they're enemies and then they become lovers and they lose that like 
enemy aspect, that competitiveness. Um, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, you were the one all along with this. I loved how their relationship as it progressed stayed competitive. They kept challenging each other. They were like in the gym scene who could do more of the hit circuit. And I was just like, this is what I need. Like, this is the type of enemies to lovers I need in my life. Oh, yeah. I think like with the gym, too, it just brings out that competitive side. You know, like mm-hmm. people are always looking at your treadmill next to you to seeing if they're going faster. And I just thought it was just perfect for people who are ultra competitive, like Crystal and Scott are both super competitive. So I just thought I just imagined them, you know, even like when they're super old, even just like playing board games super competitively. <laughs> I think that's just their dynamic. Mm hmm. I also really like the grandparent aspect in this. Like, I just feel like it was a really fun twist. Yeah, I uh, I love old people. And that's probably, like, a weird way to say it. But I just <laughs> seniors are just so fun. And they just bring so much comedic relief. And I, I love weddings. And I find, like, a lot of um, wedding books are usually, like, friends' weddings or, you know, sibling weddings. And I just thought like, it would just be a really cool twist if it's their grandparents' wedding. And... <laughs> I just love, you know, it was so fun to create this, like, second chance romance with these, you know, with the grandparents and and have it so that they used to date when they were kids and now they're back together. And it was, oh, yeah, it was fun. (laughs) I like old people, too. Don't worry. (laughs) I was going to say, I knew Kayla would love that part of the book. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm not staying home to read by myself, I go to my grandparents and watch a movie on Friday night, so... (laughs) I love that. Do they have um, lazy boys? No, they live in a senior community though, and I like watch my grandpa like play bocce with his like senior friends, and like I love visiting there because they all just make me like I don't know they're just so funny and they just like I feel like almost that that they care less, but like that like judging like the fear of people judging you is just like out the window that they just like say whatever they want and it just cracks me up and (laughs) oh yeah they're great and I find like the generational aspect so funny too because you know like with this book for example like there's it's very current and a lot of people you know don't often love pop culture in books but I think like you know a book about social media influencers and I just think technology is such a big part of our lives now it's it's hard to ignore that and it's hard to you know act like that doesn't exist I just thought it was such an interesting juxtaposition to have like these super current influencer characters but then like these old people as well who are you know grandma Flo is very old-fashioned and she won't she'll tell you so I thought of that was an interesting dynamic the, the part where they're at the um, bachelorette party and the grandma's friends were holding up iPads to take pictures. <laughs> I I lost it. <laughs> like that is that's the perfect touch. <laughs> that's such like an old people thing to do is just bring their tablet and just take photos. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> well, yeah, we're big fans. I. I really like it was one of it was one of my favorite rom-coms this year and I've read like 25 so it's it's up there and I'm just I was super excited because we messaged your um I guess publicist or agent we emailed them we emailed I emailed Berkeley and they actually didn't answer us so I'm like let's try our personal website (laughs) so then when I was like oh she'd love to do an interview we're like oh my god like this is huge because you're on so many like anticipated like book lists for the summer that's how I found like we found out about your book like 
And you're a debut author. Like, how did you get on these lists? Or I don't have, I have no idea, honestly. Like, I think, I mean, well, I do credit my PR teams. So I've got my Berkeley team um, that works really, really hard in house. And then I have um, my, the BookSparks team as well, who are PR. So they both have been pitching the book since, I think, the beginning of the year, January. And they do an excellent job. Both of them are so like gung ho about pitching. And I also think too that it's it's the influencers. So because I'm on Bookstagram and stuff, I think I just I, I'm lucky enough to have made so many like personal connections and friends as as a reader and a super fan of books and not like as an author, you know, an author and then fan relationship. It's like I'm a reader. And I think that people have been excited, I guess, to like support me because like we're both bookstagrammers kind of thing. And I, I honestly, I really, really credit the influencers for their excitement over the book. It's something that I definitely didn't expect. And um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. The support has been unreal. So I think I think it's a mix of the teams and then the influencers for sure. Like I was shocked that you were a debut author because I pretty much for the lineup I'll start in January and I'll like look up all the anticipated books for the year and then I'll start emailing um publishers out and see if we can get arc so we can release it the week of because that's like a fun little twist we do and whenever I went on your website it was like debut book I was like how the heck is she a debut author because there it's everywhere like I've seen on every list and I was just so impressed oh thank you uh, but I guess we don't want to keep you along. Um, been, it's been 15 minutes. I feel like I could probably talk all day long. But Right. I know. We should talk again. <laughs> Just for fun. Uh, um, but do you have any, uh, like, last thing to say where people can find you um and I guess just your, your release date again just one more time just so we have it. Yeah. So Set on You comes out May 10th. So it gets at the time of recording. It's in exactly two weeks, which is terrifying but exciting. <laughs> I'm terrified, but excited. <laughs> and um, I'm on all social media platforms at Amy Lee Books, but I'm pretty much exclusively on Instagram, like active on Instagram. I, I have a Twitter, but I don't really go on Twitter that much except for updates and stuff. So mostly Instagram is where you can find me. And yeah, that's it. I mean, if, if you've read the book or you've read Set on You, um, Tara's book will be coming out TBD, but I think January 2023, and look out for the third as well sometime after. Thank you so, so exciting. much for joining with us. We are so happy we got to talk to you, and I, I'm very excited for the the rest of the world to read your book. And we we are big fans. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun combo. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I want to come on again. <laughs> we'll have to for your next book. We'll have to get you on. We do we do record around tax season. Um, not not kidding there. <laughs> we start season four the day taxes are due. Um, we we end when we get summer busy season. Um, but if, if it's not right, we want we want we want you back for the next book because. Mm-hmm. We are both really excited. So thank you so much. And yeah, this has been great. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Kayla. And Marissa. Have a good night. And make sure to follow us at Book Talks Podcast on Instagram and TikTok.